0: It's your Daily Dose of Donna. Happy Friday, everyone. It's September 29th. This is the last Daily Dose in September. And I have to share something that is huge, huge for my show. Um, I obviously, I'm a YouTube show and I'm also an audio show. And I've been kind of paying attention to my audio downloads. And audio has always been slower to grow than YouTube. YouTube has really been amazing for me, but I have to share, and I feel like we should all celebrate wins in life. So I'm going to share my win in just audio downloads. So this does not include YouTube impressions, just audio. In August, I had about thirty-five to 40,000 downloads, okay, for the month of August, which was like, you know, it was the, my biggest month yet honestly, because I started in January, right? September, we're at 105,000. So I have tripled my audio downloads in the month of September or growth from September to August. And that's because of you guys. So thank you so much for supporting the show. I will always be grateful. And, um, you know, it doesn't help. It doesn't hurt that we keep having this like incredible stuff that just pops up into our laps. Like, like, you know, laying on my couch last night about to watch Golden Bachelor and then finding out that Bethany is dropping a two-parter interview with Nini, which we will get into. Trust me, that is on the docket. And a lot of you guys, thank you so much. A lot of you guys uh, want me to recap it today. And I did the dirty work for you and I'm going to talk about it. We have so much to talk about today. For those of you that are interested in my Rachel Hollis deep dive, those of you that uh, know who that is, and there's a large amount of you that are fans or were fans of Rachel Hollis, part two comes out on my Patreon today, so you can catch up by listening to Wednesdays. And then today is Friday, and I usually don't release a Friday episode, but I will because I want you guys to have it for the weekend. Um, and I'm going to give you guys the whole the whole like shebang where we left off with Rachel Hollis. On Wednesday was when she moved to Austin in like 2018 or 17 or something. That's where we left off, I think. And then we'll get into it now. Oh my gosh. Questions about my sweater. So many questions about the sweater. So I'll just tell you, Vici, V-I-C-I. For those of you guys that shop online, I am not a sponsor or ambassador or anything. I love it though. So a lot of my stuff is from Vici. All right. Let's get into the show. Okay. Okay. On today's show, we're going to cover a variety of topics. We're going to talk about some pop culture news, some Kyla Mauricio stuff, some TV stuff from last night, um, of course, like the Kardashians, et cetera. Then we're going to talk about Southern Charm, and we all, we're definitely talking about Bethany and Nene. And there's so much to talk about. There's so much to, um, you know, break open. Just you wait. Okay. So A question is coming in about when is our next happy hour. If you guys are part of the upper tier on Patreon, that's the overdose tier, we do a monthly Zoom happy hour, and my plan is for next Friday. All right, so Friday the – one of you is going to help me. I want to say it's the 6th. Friday the 6th, okay? So I'll send out all the info over there. Let's start talking about a couple things. Let's start like with just last night TV. So I did not watch The Golden Bachelor, but because of my trusty Facebook group and you guys were amazing, I asked just casually thinking like maybe a few people would respond. Who has watched The Golden Bachelor? Oh my goodness. So many of you guys not only watched, but, uh, obsessed over it, loved The Golden Bachelor. What I really like about it from what I've heard from you guys is that it's only an hour because the two-hour shows is where it gets you. You know, that just is too long. And then you know that they're just filling it up with so many, you know, so much fluff. But yes, as Storm says, it's going to have big ratings probably because there's not that much TV on right now. I mean, for us, there is for like the reality world, but in terms of scripted content is kind of slow, low and slow. And this is like the audience for the Golden Bachelor. Actually, I'm curious if you're watching or listening to this. I'm curious if you're under 30. Like if you're if you're in your 20s or below, are you watching the Golden Bachelor? Because I'm curious if you know, the young, what are they, Gen Zs? The Gen Zers are interested in The Golden Bachelor or they're like, whoa, no, no, no. That's like, that's my mom TV, you know? That's like Golden Girls. So curious what you guys are doing. I definitely will watch it. I just didn't have a chance to because that Bethany interview and I will get into it over the weekend for you guys. But you guys say it's great. We actually have so much to watch this weekend because Love is Blind also just released episodes... I- I guess it's five through seven, so three more episodes. I love how they're splitting this up into multiple weeks. Last time, I think it was only two releases, but I am dying for Love is Blind. Last week's Love is Blind episodes, I binged all four over the weekend. I can't wait. Like, I... I have plans to go out tomorrow night and I'm almost sad about that because what I really want to do is just pour myself a glass of wine and, and watch love is blind and like see how many people Lydia wants to hook up with obsessed, right? Obsessed. Um, but so I will be watching love is blind and golden bachelor over the weekend with you guys. Did you watch big brother last night? I know I got a lot of comments yesterday saying that you're into big brother, so I know that you guys are out there. I'm not going to give it away in case you're behind, but I did watch it last night with Oliver and I will say I'm very happy with what happened, very happy with what happened and also shed a couple of tears. First time I think that's ever happened on Big Brother. So probably not actually. <laughs> I cry over the drop of the hat. So a drop of the hat. So um, it was so good though. I'm really into it and I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready for like, I, I want it to get smaller and smaller. I feel like this is a season, this big brother season. I think we're on day 58 or 59. It feels like it's 475 years. It's like the cast just doesn't get smaller. Anytime someone leaves, they're like, just kidding. Come back. And maybe that's because partially because of the strike. And CBS is like, extend the season, extend the season, extend the season. Like we don't have anything else to air. So like just keep Big Brother going. I mean, meanwhile, like people are in there for seriously like a decade. (laughs) Like it's absolutely crazy. Anyway, it will be a good show to to watch as it gets a little bit smaller. I want to know who your favorites are. I know mine. Um, okay. Kyla Mauricio. Let's talk about Kyla Mauricio really briefly. We've talked a lot about them because we're playing right into their little game. I'm not going to be very nice right now because I'm getting a little frustrated, y'all. I'm getting a little frustrated over this media circus, right? It's a circus now because they – I should have listened when I, when I have a friend who's in the circle, who's in the inner circle of, the, of this, okay? She's not in, in. She's like out, in. So don't think that I was like hanging out with Kim Richards or anything. But they said something to me a while back saying Beverly Hills ratings were in the toilet and they got rid of Lisa Rinna and now they didn't really have a story like for this next season, right? People were struggling to figure out why to keep watching. And this was a last ditch effort because Kyle is the show and Kyle needs the show. And Mauricio needs the show for buying Beverly Hills. It's like, it's all related to their shows that they needed to kind of do anything and everything possible as a last ditch effort for ratings. I heard that and I said, there is no effing way. There is no effing way that someone like Kyle Richards, who's so incredibly concerned about her public image. And I saw it in person on Wednesday or Tuesday. Was that Tuesday at Dancing with the Stars? Like, very concerned about her image, right? I think she's so concerned about how she is seen in this world, in this universe, that I'm like, there is no way that she would put ratings ahead of her family. It just seemed so out of left field. This was months ago, right? And now I'm starting to think, when there was an article yesterday that came out, I don't remember if it was People or Us Weekly or one of these magazines that came out with an online article, basically saying that Mauricio is like, "No, we're not divorced. We're not separated. We're still trying to figure it out. You know, long, our marriage is long, and well, we're having a rough year." Okay, guys, stop playing with us. If you're having a rough year on year twenty eight or whatever, why? something must have happened. We all know that the majority of relationships struggle during a few times in life, right? Maybe when you have young kids, it's a really hard time uh, to be married happily when you have very young kids with responsibilities. Maybe when you're having financial struggles, that's a hard time to be married. Maybe when you're having, um, you know, a lot of people have that, what they call like a seven-year itch or whatever. What happened after 27 years of raising all these kids, of having more money than God, right? What could have happened that really was the turning point? Well, they won't tell us, but they're just stringing us along. And you guys, I have to be honest, I'm so over it. When I saw that article yesterday, and now I realize that like this is Mauricio's storyline on Dancing with the Stars, I'm having a rough marriage, you know, his package starts by saying. I'm married to Kyle Richards. Okay, yeah, yeah, great, cool. I'm married to Kyle Richards, and we're having a rough year, so I'm just going to dance and hopefully, you know, get my mind. What are we talking about? What is the problem? Did one of you fall in love with someone else? I'm just going to tell you guys what I've heard. A few serious, a few things, off the record things. Um, well, I, I will say this. Casey Wilson – my dear uh, podcast obsessed bitch sesh show. If you guys listen to Bitch Sesh with Casey Wilson and Danielle Schneider, um, they release an episode on Fridays and I was listening to it this morning, driving in horrendous traffic across town. And she was talking to Brian Moylan. They were talking to Brian Moylan, who's a writer. If you guys know him, he wrote a um, a housewives book also. And they were talking about Kyle Richards. They She says, Casey Wilson says this, She says, I was at a buffet in Los Angeles, which by the way, like I was thinking to myself, Sizzler? Like, is there still a soup plantation? Like what buffet are we at? Maybe we're at a country club. And she said that she ran into some sort of a um, cameraman from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which by the way, now that I'm thinking about it, I need to ask Lance if he knows any camera guys from Beverly Hills. And she runs into this camera guy from Beverly Hills and they start talking, whatever. And across the room, she says like, who's the craziest on the show? And he goes, Kyle. Okay. Next. I was at drinks a few months ago, or a month ago, or whatever, with a few producers. Well, with one producer from reality TV, not from Beverly Hills. But we did run into a producer from Beverly Hills. And this was right around the time that Jeff Lewis had said on Watch What Happens Live, If I would have known, I wish Kyle would have told me that she's a lesbian on Ozempic. And when that, this was literally like the week after and we run into this producer and we, the guy that I'm with says this out loud and the way that the producer laughed, like there was no part of him that made me feel like he's like, stop, like, no, let's protect Kyle. Like it felt really, really suspecto if you know what I mean. I've also heard from other people, multiple people, and this is not, neither here nor there, but this Morgan Wade thing is not a bullshit thing. (laughs) I mean, yes, they are doing apparently this documentary. Yes, allegedly Kyle just loves her music. But from what I've heard multiple times, there is a relationship there, okay? Maybe that means she's not doing anything wrong, according to Mauricio, because they have an open marriage. That would be the only way that that would be, that would make sense, right? But and we've all heard our rumors about Mauricio, but something is amiss. And I will tell you, and I'm going to hold this to the day I go, <laughs> I go into my grave, if your family presents itself as perfection, whether it's on a reality TV show, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, MySpace… <laughs> Friendster, how far back can we go? Or YouTube or TikTok now, any of these places. All of these families that present themselves as perfect are all so effed up behind the scenes. We know that. We didn't know that with them. We actually thought that we were getting the honest truth version of the Umanskis. Like we would watch that show knowing that the Umanskis was like the the solid piece. It was like the, the foundation of Real Housewives. But clearly... And if they are still together, and if they still, like, make it out alive through this this crazy, tumultuous time, and they end up posing for pictures next year at the white party and kissing, and 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 she's, you know, swinging her hair around him, and he's saying, Amaz-, uh, no, no, that's A- Aisha. He's saying, it's amazing, absolutely, <laughs> together, and they're just loving life, then I'm going to seriously, I'm going to go and egg their house, because I am so annoyed that people would put themselves in a position of pretending that their relationship is falling apart just for the, the potential of getting a season on TV. Like, where are your standards? Now, if they actually break up and this actually doesn't work out, I will have more respect for them. But then I wish they would have just come out with it now. Instead of making us go through the entire season. Because I think one is going to happen, right? At the end of buying Beverly Hills, at the end of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, one thing will happen. They'll either stay together or they'll break up. And either way, I'm annoyed. Now, I'm annoyed. So if you are a huge Kyle fan, if Kyle is your favorite housewife on Beverly Hills, Kyle Richards, if you love her, I want to know right now, are you frustrated with her? Do you find that she has lost your trust a bit? Do you find that she's playing you a little bit? Curious. There's also the whole other story about Mauricio and this legal battle that's happening. There's like a very, very serious, serious, high, high um, stakes real estate legal battle that he is part of. And he is, I don't want to get into details because I don't know the details. I haven't like really done the research, but it had something to do with real estate fraud and like selling and buying something at a lower place, price to flip it. And we're talking $35 million, not a $2 million house. It's a lot of money. And if that's the case, maybe there's more to the story here, right? Like the why did Danny Masterson and Bijou Phillips get divorced, right? Or why did she file for a divorce right after he went into jail to protect assets? Like, is there something going on there? All I know is that it smells fishy and Daily Dose of Donna is on it. So I will let you guys know anything I hear. And if you guys hear anything, put it in our Facebook group because you guys are the best detectives out there. No question. The dosers are like up there with private investigators. So I appreciate you guys. Okay. Kardashians really fast and then we'll get into other stuff. Kardashians um, premiered yesterday. If you're into this... um. Then great. If you're not into this, I'm sorry, but I do think it is an interesting story. Because Courtney and Kim have always had this like really strange um battle together. Those those two used to like actually fight, like they had a physical fight a few years ago, and then obviously last season they had a major argument or whatever. And the the way that this series starts or the season starts is that Kim Kardashian is on speakerphone with with Courtney. So we don't even see Courtney. And the whole like overlying storyline for years and years and years is that Kourtney Kardashian wants nothing to do with being famous. She doesn't want to work as hard as the other girls. She doesn't want to be in the middle of this media circus. She doesn't want to be, you know, having to film everything. She wants to hold things personal. She doesn't, whatever, all of that. That being said, she doesn't say no to all the paychecks that she's getting from the Kardashians. She's still an executive producer. She's still like selling her shows to her and Travis. Sold um, a wedding special to Hulu. I definitely didn't watch that. As you can tell, Courtney's definitely not my favorite. Not saying that I would, you know, put all my money on Kim, but I think Kim at least has shown us who she is for the good and the bad. And Courtney is really to me. She comes off very entitled. She comes off very, um, she's just unhappy. She's perpetually unhappy. She was unhappy when she was with Scott. She was unhappy when she was without Scott. Now she found the love of her life. She's pregnant with a new baby boy. She has everything a person should need, want, or desire in their life. And she is so un-freaking-happy all the time. Now, a lot of you guys, or a comment that just came in right now that said, Courtney is not my favorite, but Kim is being awful to her. So a lot of you guys that have sisters, you may relate to this, this idea of like, why are you putting something before my relationship with you? And last year, you know, Courtney had this Dolce Gabbana-styled wedding, and then Kim ended up getting asked by Dolce & Gabbana to, to be kind of the creative director against for their whole fashion show in Paris, and she did it. And Courtney was very upset. She said, why would you do something when it was just like my wedding? And I can see that. I can totally see that. But that being said, Courtney also, I think, needs to start accepting Kim for who she is, right? Like Kim is a workhorse. Kim is a workaholic. Kim will never say no to a job. She even said yesterday that that's like her, her resolution for the new year. She, Kim's addicted to work. And to making money and to the success and to the fame. And that irks Courtney for some reason. You know, it bothers Courtney. And I wish Courtney could just be a little bit more like Chloe, which is like, and by the way, the only one out of all of these people that really should be struggling is Chloe. Like Chloe is the one that is dealing with skin cancer. And then she's dealing with she had to deal with the Lamar Odom situation years ago. And then of course, um, uh, Tristan, Tristan, who's cheating on her fifteen thousand times a day, right? Like, there's so many crazy situations in Chloe's life. Yet Chloe truly feels happy for everyone around her, and I think that's the difference. Are you happy for those around your you succeeding? or are you not? And why is it, what is it about Courtney that just makes her hate her successful family so much? It's a really interesting dynamic. And then when we saw that the rest of the girls went on this Mexico trip, and by the way, have you ever felt poorer than watching an episode of Keeping Up or Kardashians or whatever? Have you ever felt less like wealthy? The way that these people live, I can't wrap my head around it. I really can't, but it's the most insane lifestyle you've ever seen in your life. And actually, I'm going to that area later today to pick up my son. I'm going to Hidden Hills, which is the gated neighborhood where Kim has a house. And it, allegedly, Kylie is b- building like a double lot monstrosity. I'm going there because my son is at a play date at someone's house, whatever. It's like a family friend. And I've never been behind those gates, but I feel like I need to take the dosers on a tour behind the gates. Like, should I, should I drive through Hidden Hills or is that really wrong? That's probably wrong. Like I'm not a star bus or like a tour bus, you know, but I kind of want to do it. Like, I want to see what Kylie's building. Remember Kylie's 26. Okay. And each lot in Hidden Hills is like upwards of 5 million, but just, okay. That's okay. (laughs) It's okay. I'll just enjoy my my home. I'm very proud and very, very grateful for everything I have. I will say that. But watching that show is like a different dimension. Like you can't even relate. You cannot relate. You cannot relate. Um, anyway, I saw the rest of the family on this family vacation and it was all the daughters except Courtney and it was Chris and Chris's boyfriend, Corey. And I thought to myself, like the only one really losing here is Courtney because Courtney should feel like, I, I would just feel such FOMO if my whole family was on a vacation and I wasn't there. For whatever reason, she doesn't want to be close to them. She always thinks that they, they're against her. I, I'm interested by that. Maybe you guys have a different idea about it. All right, let's keep going. Timestamps, doing the timestamps. Southern Charm. Who watched Southern Charm last night? I just finished it this morning. Couple thoughts, couple thoughts. I thought it was quite boring of an episode, to be honest. I know they're just setting up um for the season which is going to be the season that we find out that Taylor who is Shep's previous girlfriend, ex-girlfriend and Austin who is Shep's I mean think about like okay let I'm going to this is Southern Charm school. Are you ready? We have two guys. We have Austin and we have Shep. These are two men that are way too old to be acting that the, the way that they do. Okay? They're like they really need to grow up, but whatever. They party their asses off. They're constantly hung over and they're screwing every girl that they can possibly, you know, get it in with. These two guys have a weird relationship. They, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm literally like, I, I'm a flight attendant and I'm like, the exits that way. So Austin and Shep have a really strange relationship. They're best friends, but also Shep always feels like Austin is trying to one up Shep, and like, they're just, it's a competitive friendship. They have always had this weird competitive friendship. And also Shep has had that with Craig too. Like it's, maybe it's a Shep thing. So the two of them are best friends. Now, Austin used to date a girl named Olivia. Shep used to really like seriously date a girl named Taylor. Taylor and Olivia are also best friends. So we have two girls that are best friends and we have two guys that are best friends and now everyone is exes. But because it's a show and because it's a cast and because it's a small town of Charleston, I guess, all of them are friendly, right? Like Shep is friends with Austin's ex and Austin is friends with Shep's ex. And that's kind of how we've just assumed it to be. Except we find out in last night's episode that Taylor, uh, Shep's ex, And Austin, her best friend's ex, have now definitely had conversations. This is all we've heard about is conversations about, should we go to the next level with our relationship? Now, I want to know from you guys, is this okay? Is this okay if currently no one is dating, but your best friends have dated this person? Is this okay? I'm going to guess you guys are going to assume it's not. Because I think it's all about communication, right? Like in these kinds of cases, if you are with, if you have feelings for or interested in someone who your friend has dated in the past, the first and only thing you do is pray to God it goes away. (laughs) And then you go and you communicate with your friend and you struggle through it. And most likely the friend's going to say, I can't do it. I can't support you being friend, like hooking up with my ex-boyfriend. I can't be your friend if you do it. Or, you know, you have to choose. Do you want my friendship or do you want to be with this person? But I can't do both. And I think it is a little bit of a timing thing, too, because like three years later is a very different experience. Like if Olivia found another guy and she went off and maybe got married and then Taylor and Austin started hooking up, maybe that's different. But this is literally within days. Like Olivia went out of town for three days and Austin's like, should I date you, Taylor? Very, very weird. Taylor is looking awfully you know, not so good on this season. She's so cute. She's so pretty. And she always came from a place of like, just innocent, sweet, like nurse's assistant. And now I look at her, I'm like, girl, what? You're evil. She just seems off. I don't know. Very, She's struggling this season. Another thing that happened, which was mind-blowing to watch, was this newcomer JT. JT, I've never, and this is how the show opens essentially, JT was out partying with Austin and Shep and Craig the night before, drinking his freaking face off, but we don't know that he's also diabetic. And listen, I am not a diabetes expert. I do not have diabetes and no one in my family has diabetes, but I know enough about diabetes to know that you have to be very careful about what you ingest, right? You have to be careful about what you're eating, what you're drinking, et cetera. And apparently alcohol and diabetes do not mix. And maybe one drink is okay. I don't know. But definitely not the amount that he was drinking, right? So he was drinking a huge amount of alcohol throughout. They went to like 16 bars that night and he was just getting hammered, right? They were at the golf course and then they went to the bar and then the bar and then the bar and then – okay. He wakes up the next morning and when I tell you the the way – the editors did him so dirty because they start filming his apartment sorry. Did you guys just notice that I almost vomited? We've all dated those guys, right? You've dated that guy. You've dated that guy that doesn't have a headboard. I don't know if he had a head- headboard, but you know, you go to his house and he doesn't have a headboard and his sheets, his sheets don't smell like they've been washed that recently. And there's a lot of clothes on the floor in the corner. Maybe a few different, you know, sodas on the empty sodas on the, on the nightstand um definitely some Ooh. some like pubic <laughs> <laughs> Definitely some like pubic hair <laughs> in the bathroom and probably and probably someone that is shaved there's definitely like facial hair like surrounding the uh the sink right for sure a little toothpaste in that corner of the sink what else shaving cream like give me some more and it's just bad. It's bad, right? They have like um they have like their uh bathroom rug hasn't been changed since college. Like ew. And that is this guy's apartment. Can you adjust a bar of soap in the shower? That's a good one, Elizabeth. Fa- fast food, plastic cups, a hundred percent. There's always like a random Chinese container, Chinese food container. <laughs> Fridge full of beer and butter <laughs> and like one egg, one egg for the, the days like, he has protein, always, a pro- but there's protein powder. Like no question there's protein powder. Okay. So we've all been to these houses and we've, we can smell them, right? We can smell them right now. He has cameras in his house. Can you imagine being that, like, unbelievably not giving a shit that you would allow bravo cameras into your home looking like that? And then he wakes up, and we don't know this, but he's hungover, fine, okay, understandable, walking through the house, and then he does the unthinkable, something we're shocked by. He pulls out his pricker, his finger pricker, because he's a diabetic. Didn't know that, right? does his little finger prick, puts it on the tester. I imagine it says that he needs to get his insulin, right? Tell me if I'm wrong about this. And then he does something that I've never seen in all my 42 years. He opens a random, you know, syringe. I don't know where he got the shit. He opens the syringe and straight through his pants, he sticks it into his ass. You guys threw his pants. A needle threw pants into your body. What? Huh? Guys, is that like, that's got to be very, very dangerous, right? I would just imagine like for, um, sanitary reasons, like what are you putting inside your body if you're going through clothing? It's really scary, especially because he's like, he was, he probably slept in those pants and he was out in those pants last night at a bar and probably has beer and shit. Oh my God. I was dying. And then he calls his mom and he has this conversation with his sweet mom, whether her name is Betty Sue or Peggy Lou. I don't know, but she's so sweet. And she's like, honey, you don't look so good. You know, alcohol and diabetes. And he goes, I know, I know. But what are you going to do? He says in an interview, what are you going to do? I want to live my life. I want to have a beer. I want to – and I get it, you guys. I get it. It must very be very hard as a diabetic. But I'm sure diabetics can find alcohol that you can drink at a certain amount that's not – like I do know a diabetic actually now that I think about it. And we would go out and like have some drinks. And she would have like a little bit of vodka, just not like the sugar drinks, no beer, you know. I think there's – whatever. His mom is like, honey. And then, you know, they start talking about business and he goes, I'm a mama's boy. I'm like, this guy's out. No matter what happens with JT, I'm not interested. Okay. We can't go backwards on Southern Charm. We can only go forwards. Like Craig. Hi, Craig. Oh, by the way, you guys, Paige. Craig's girlfriend, was a guest on um, The Toast, The Toast podcast yesterday. And if you don't listen to The Toast, you may not know what it is. It's a a five-day-a-week show. um, And it's two girls, the sisters, who are younger. They're like, well, they're younger than me. They're like 30, right? And um, I, I love their show. I don't listen every day, but I really love their show. So Paige was a guest with I was like turdy, if you guys know, you'll know, but with Claudia and the two of them are talking about Southern Charm and Summer House. And Paige said for Summer House that she actually, the Bedsore sisters, she said, we went out every weekend this year. And I think I have a feeling that producers were like, you can't come back and lay in bed all all summer. You got to do it. So Paige said she went out every weekend. She said that they had the best time. She goes, yeah, of course there was like minor issues, but we were almost thinking when the reunion comes, like how are we going to do this reunion? There's absolutely no way because we all kind of got along. There wasn't any drama. And then she said 48 hours later was the Carl and Lindsay story. And she said she's kind of going along with the same thing that everyone else is saying is like we'll see more this summer. But clearly there was like a little bit of a an issue, a Scissor Sister issue. <laughs> Why do I always do that? Kyla Morgan. Okay. Um, anyway, we'll see what happens with Southern Charm. All right. Let's get into the story. And I'm actually really impressed, you guys. I'm really impressed with the Bravo sphere and with the social media of it all and even Daily Mail because I went in on Daily Mail this morning and I said, clearly the Bethany and Nene story is going to be front and center. And then when I got, went on my Instagram this morning, I was like, clearly Bethany and Nene are going to be all over every single… Bravo account because that's what it was when it was, uh, Bethany and Rachel Raquel. And I'm so proud you guys. It wasn't, it wasn't. In fact, Daily Mail had not one article on its showbiz page about Bethany and Nene. And I was proud. Um, and then also on page six, there was an article about Bethany and it was mostly about Andy. And this is what I'm going to talk about. L- Yesterday, Bethany Frankel- posts at 10 p.m. Eastern time, 7 p.m. Pacific time, that she posts a picture that I said looks like a Delia's catalog cover of her and Nini. They both look beautiful, but they're both in this like really kind of almost coordinated neon outfits. And they're sitting in Beth's apartment, or I mean, sorry, condo or studio, like underground, wherever she does, wherever she did it with Jill Zarin, you know, like her studio. And Beth is like, She's got a face on in this picture. She's like, Look what I did. Bet you didn't see this one coming. Come at me, bro. Cancel me, bitch. That's Beth's face, right? So Beth and Nene decide to do a podcast together for Bethany's podcast, of course. Well, did I want to listen to this? Absolutely not. Did I take one for the team? Yes. But I am going to be honest. I started to listen to episode one, part one. And I saw that it was an hour and 30 minutes and we were talking about Nini's upbringing. And I said, I can't do it. Can't do part one. I want, I just need to go into what we need to talk about here. And not that I don't, and not interested in Nini's upbringing. I just literally didn't have the bandwidth to listen to three hours of podcast last night when I was trying to also, you know, be a mom, et cetera. So I went straight to part two. Okay. So if you're interested in any of like the reality TV part and the drama with Bravo and reality reckoning and Andy Cohen, et cetera, you can go straight to part two. So Beth and Nene start part two with talking about the closet incident. Okay. Just a little bit of background for you guys. So you know where I'm coming from. I watched Real Housewives of Atlanta. Pretty religiously for the first few seasons. And then I fell off of it. So I was not an active and a regular watcher when Nene was on in those last couple seasons during that closet incident. I was not. So I want to know from you guys if I'm if I'm saying anything that you think I should add or like that I am missing. I want to know. But we all know just from like a news source, you know, like just from, just from a housewives fan, you don't have to watch a show that there was a dust up with Nini and a producer. The way it was actually kind of verbalized was that there was an incident in a closet with Nini and a producer where she put her hands on this producer and essentially got physical with him and possibly physical with other castmates, etc., cetera, et cetera. And what happened was, um, what happened was, what we had heard is that it was pretty physical and it was pretty bad. Okay. They start season or part two talking about this closet incident. Nini's take on the closet incident is so she was, her husband was very sick and in the hospital. And so she was really struggling emotionally, et cetera, as you would. And she admits that she should not have had the cast and the crew at her house that day filming but she did so she does admit it was not the right day and she wasn't in the in the right place or right in the mood or whatever so that so she really did not want any of the crew to be in her closet i don't know why i don't know what i just know that that she was pretty adamant that they are not in her closet and she did eventually film, and this producer did come into the closet. I mean, it's kind of funny if you actually think about it because we're really t- – like the, the DMs – I mean, the comments on TikTok are, we're like, wait, an actual closet? Yes, like her bedroom closet, like where clothes are. And she is saying – Nini is saying that she was very adamant she didn't want it, and they did it anyway. Okay, that is wrong. We can all agree that if you say no to a producer and they do it anyway, that's effed up. But what we have is he said, she said, right? So the producers and Bravo have a uh like their version of the story, which I don't even really know what their version of the story is. And then Nene is explaining her version. So I'm saying what Nene said yesterday on Bethany's podcast, and Beth's podcast. So she Was very frustrated and annoyed that they were in her closet. And on her, okay, thank you. It was on film of her saying no a lot. I'm gonna have to do some research for you guys just so that I can confirm myself. Maybe I'll talk about it a little bit on today's Patreon. But she says that she grabbed the cameraman, a very big guy, by the shirt. What I had heard was that there was more physicality to it. I don't know. The only person, that would know is who was in that room. Right. Um, okay. So a couple of you guys saying she snatched the camera man back when he followed one of those other hens in there, other cast members were involved. Portia got bumped. She grabbed him by the shirt. It's on film. Oh, she also broke Portia's belt. Um, Monica says she did more than that. The man went to the hospital. Okay. I have a friend who used to be the executive producer or one of the producers on Real Housewives of Atlanta. I'm going to put out a a text message because I need to know specifically what happened there. But clearly it was pretty intense, which we're not used to seeing on a housewife show, unless maybe you're talking about Jen Aiden and Danielle Cabral, right? Like we don't see a lot of these fights on camera. We don't. And especially when you're bringing in crew. Now, I want to just... Remind you guys the world of a camera guy. A camera guy is literally just doing his job. If anyone were to say that a cameraman is doing something wrong, you have to remember the cameraman has to just say yes, 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 boss, to whatever they're being told. So, a producer, someone upper, someone higher up, told this cameraman to go into that closet for whatever reason. Okay. There was a lot around this closet. We have to, we should do a watch party on the Facebook group, Daily Dose of Donna for this episode because I need to now get into this. So allegedly, according to Nini, in this moment, um, I'm pulling out my notes. She says she pulled a t-shirt. And then she said that what happened after that was, what kind of turned out is that she was starting to get Less and less episodes. Now, okay, this is a very sensitive subject. So I need to be really, really like methodical about the way that I speak about this because what I found was that Bethany wanted Nene to explain her side of the story so that she felt so that Bethany felt, and tell me if I'm wrong, so that Bethany felt. Nene and I are together against Bravo, against the reality TV machine, against Andy Cohen. But what I felt like kept happening was Nene was not on board with being against Bravo and reality TV and Andy as much as Bethany. And Nene was really on board with saying, as a Black woman, I was treated very differently than any of the other white women on the network in the franchise who has done who have done 10 times worse things. So that was the overarching kind of theme of this episode of this interview and it was it was lost a little bit because what happened was I think I think Beth didn't know where to go with that. Tell me if I'm wrong here, but I felt like Beth really didn't know how to she wanted to she heard her, and she said, "I am not taking away your experiences whatsoever, and I believe you," and all that, which is good. But Beth was exactly, thank you, Andrew. Beth was lost, because Beth wanted Nini to say, "Yes, Beth, you and I are on the same side. We're both against this. We both are, you know, anti-all um, these people." And it felt a little bit like a push and pull. Like Bethany was trying so desperately to get Nini to say something that Nini wasn't willing to say, right? And I don't know if Bethany left this interview feeling like fully fulfilled. So a couple other things happened. Nini was saying in cases like this, when when housewives get physical, when housewives start to do some crazy shit, right? Like flipping tables or walking off the set or, you know yelling at producers like Ie Shannon they're given more they're given more episode, episodes they're given higher amounts of money they're given rewards for acting a fool whereas she felt Nini Nini felt she was given less and she feels she felt like this is a race issue she she said that many times and i I'm going to tread very lightly here because I really, really do not want in any way for me to come off insensitive about that because I do believe both can be true. But I have a feeling after hearing what Nini was saying, after knowing what I've heard about Nini and after Nini saying that she cannot get a job in the industry right now after everything, okay, let me go backwards. Hold on. I'll give you my thoughts at the end, but I want to just give a little bit more. She said that she was given a season, the final season, of six episodes. Okay, so she wasn't a friend of, but she was only contracted six episodes. Or maybe she was a friend of. And that was predominantly less than what she had been given before. So she said that she went to Bravo, the executives, not Andy. And all she was to, like to complain about this, and all she was told from the network was, we think you're unhappy. And my guess is that's because I don't believe Nini, I could be wrong, but from what I'm hearing, I don't believe Nini was easy to work with. I think Nini was challenging. I think she had a lot of complaints. I think she had a lot of frustrations. I think she caused production a lot of drama. And if we're going to go back to why that is a problem, I just want to point out why do you think, and this is not confirmed, that Matt Walsh, the one actor that decided not to do Dancing with the Stars because of the strike, ended up going home first. Because production and networks and studios do not want to work. With challenging talent, these women are all going to be difficult. But some of them are following directions. Some of them will show up on time and won't complain about every little thing. And some of them probably are not that way. And my guess is that Nini was getting to a place at this time where she was maybe um, feeling like she was in a position because of her status on the network, because of her the The fact that she was now getting working roles on shows like The New Normal and Glee. She was now becoming this LA actress. And I think that there was a part of her that felt like, I am the top dog. I'm the queen. And I can do and say whatever I want. I'm untouchable. And you know what? At the end of the day, you have to remember that most of these people are replaceable. Yes, we will never get another NeNe. I definitely agree that NeNe is – she's a star. Like you can't deny that her as a housewife, she really is legendary, iconic, all the things, but clearly they can get rid of anyone. They'll get rid of anyone. They've gotten rid of all the top ones, you know, in the past. So you have to remember that there is like a little bit of a business at the end of the day. And I hate to bring this up, but when we talked about Jeff Lewis and we talked about Brandy and Julie, and if you guys don't know that story, then it's hard to, I'm not going to go into the details, but People do not like working with people who are giving them constant hard times, like assistants or employees. And at the end of the day, Nini was an employee of Bravo. There was enough for Bravo to say, we don't want to be involved with this. This feels dangerous for us. Not dangerous, like I'm scared for my life. This feels um, muddy waters. This feels scary. This feels like we don't know where it's going to go. We want to feel like we are the puppet masters and they are just listening to us. And this woman is not that. And I think that that may may have been the case. Whether or not I'm right, I don't know, and whether or not that is right, I don't like if if that's I don't know. I just think at the end of the day this is a business. Right? So if you if you're a boss in any capacity and you've ever hired an assistant and they give you a hard time about everything, You're not going to want to work with them anymore, right? Okay. The reason why I think that is because Bethany and Nene said multiple times that Nene cannot get work now. Ever since she brought this complaint towards Andy and Bravo, she cannot get work. Now, I would do anything to get on the phone with Nene's agent. I'm going to do some research because I have a lot of agent... People in my life that I need to find this out. I want to know who our agent is because I would do anything to get on a call. What is happening? What is really happening behind the scenes that Nini cannot get a job on anything? Because the only person that I know that can't get jobs are people that are super super liabilities, right? So people that are highly substance abusing, like like um, you know people that are clearly on. I mean, like a, what's her name? <laughs> Taryn Manning type personalities, right? Those kinds of people that you're like, what are we getting? What are we going to get when we bring them on set? Nini's not that. Nini is like, she, she's got her shit together. So what is it that is making not Bravo related networks, not Bravo and NBC only, but like why wouldn't ABC or CBS or Hulu or Disney, I'm sorry, uh, Netflix, like why won't anyone hire her? Interesting, right? I don't think that Bravo and Andy have the ability to blacklist someone from an entire industry unless the situation is that people know that she is challenging to work with. I mean, I want to ask Ryan Murphy. Ryan Murphy worked with her on two shows. I am dying to talk to someone that worked on The New Normal or Glee. Like I really want to know what it was like behind the scenes because while she may be amazing and like talented what really was going on between scenes between takes okay next then this podcast became literally the podcast should have been called this let's take andy down and this is on beth more than nini and you would think this would be more on nini because all of us have had this feeling that nini's been super against andy cohen for all these years But really, I think Nene is much less angry and much much less affected by Andy Cohen or much much less um, bitter towards Andy Cohen than Beth. Bethany despises Andy Cohen. Bethany's goal, and if you don't believe me, go and listen to part two. Bethany's goal in this entire reality reckoning and to God, I think, I think, is to take Andy Cohen down. Not Bravo, not reality TV, Andy Cohen. Because Bethany is not against Bravo. She, I mean, not against reality TV. She just said on yesterday's episode with Nene that she's been trying to get a reality show of her and Nene called Ebony and Ivory, where the two of them are driving in an RV. I mean, like simple life, really, driving in an RV, going to different places through both of their experiences, but they keep getting shot down because of Nene. Bethany is not against reality TV. Bethany is against Andy Cohen. I'm convinced. Tell me I'm wrong. Now, I do think that Bethany also has some really good points, of course, about residuals and, of course, about child safety around reality TV. Sure. But the Andy Cohen conversation was on another level, you guys. The way that she talked shit about Andy. Andy is Oz, is what she calls him. He is the whole machine. Andy rules the roast. Andy is the top dog, whether or not he's the executive producer, whether or not he's the, um, the, the showrunner, whether or not he's an executive anymore. Andy is the guy that everyone is trying to become like on his number one. She started to talk about something in such a way that I literally felt uncomfortable listening. Because she started to talk about Andy and his baby shower and Andy in general. And she said that with Andy Cohen, you there's always favorites. There's always favorites. Like it depends on what season, it depends on what show's doing well, and it depends on how good your personality and your behavior is. But she said that when Andy was having his baby shower, which if you guys watch the um the like Instagram and stuff around that time. Andy had this crazy baby shower here in Beverly Hills. It was thrown by some of the big housewives, Nene included, Kyle Richards. I forget who else, maybe Vicky. And all of the housewives were there. So many of them, including like, if you remember Lisa Rinna dancing on the tables and it was just wild, like alcohol everywhere, middle of the day. I mean, it looked like honestly the most fun party to be at. I would do anything to just be a fly on the wall and watch these like (laughs) caged animals. (laughs) Like it's so crazy. And Bethany said that at that time, Beverly Hills was his number one. And he knew it. She knew it. Everyone knew it. And Bethany says that Kyle Richards invited Bethany to come and s- to the baby shower. And Bethany didn't want to because she didn't want to be around all of these women vying for Andy's attention. She didn't want to play in the pony show, the you know, the horse and pony show of everyone being like, Andy, 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 Andy. Then she talks about the fact that she's been Andy's favorite before. She's gone to Andy Cohen's house and parties and barbecues and she's been his favorite and how quickly that can change. She talked about the fact that being Andy's favorite makes you feel special. Then she says all of this stuff about how Andy is the only person that can put these women, these housewives, in a situation where they're on his show, watch what happens live, and he asks them these kind of crazy questions. Her example, I don't think he's ever actually asked, but her example was asking Andy, Andy asking a housewife, like, who's the ugliest housewife? And he can say those things all the time, but who gets the press and the negative us is the housewives. And she said, he's really, he puts us in these awful, awful positions. He takes advantage of the fact that we want to be his friend. He takes advantage of the fact that we were dying to just get another season and people kiss his ass and I have never heard anyone seem so bitter. And then she said, this is not about Andy. This is not about frustration towards Andy. People think I'm so mad at Andy. I mean, I'm sure he doesn't like me now. It's not about that. It's about, you know, what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. And she said this many, many times. I am right. She goes, I am 100%. No questions about it. I am right about all of this. All I felt was that Nini was kind of just going along with a lot of it, but also not really fully on board. Like Nini wants to make things better. Nini wants to just feel like she was treated fairly. And I understand that Nini had her own journey, but Nini kept saying, Bethany, if you did what I did, you would be treated much better. You didn't, you, you are not treated the way I am because I'm black and you're white. And Bethany's like, no, we were all treated, like so many of us were treated this bad. And Nini's like, no. And Bethany did, like I said, Bethany did take Nini's, um, you know, she did, hear Nene out and, and, um, acknowledge her feelings and everything. But Bethany's goal is to make reality TV, but not reality TV, because let's be honest, I haven't heard anyone go after, you know, the producers of Love is Blind from Bethany's camp. It's really Bravo. It's NBC Universal and Bravo and that's it. And Andy Cohen. Bethany will not stop until Andy Cohen is like done. Now, does this mean Andy Cohen is a good guy in real life? Fuck if I know. I've heard good. I've heard bad, right? I'm not saying that he's like the the angel of all angels here. I'm just saying that the goal here is Bethany is trying to take Andy down. That's my belief. That's what I think. And I don't understand how, like at what point Andy has to now, I feel like Andy has to respond after this episode. Andy has to respond. And say something because now that we're talking about like defamation and like real disparaging stuff, or does Andy not even give it like an ounce of air? And that's the question, you know. Really, at the end of the day, Bethany kept saying like, "What would make you happy, Nini? What do you? What would make you happy?" The one thing that I didn't like is like Nina did say Nina, Nini did say she was like, "I can't even get a podcast." What? I'm shocked by that. That's not possible. I have a podcast. No one gave me a podcast. I gave myself a podcast. All Nene has to do is, I mean, she should take my podcast course. It starts on Tuesday. You get a microphone. You get a Riverside account to record your content. Get a good light and that's it. Start a podcast. You'll get paid. You'll get good ads on it, Nene. That was a little odd. And then, of course, at the end, Bethany was like, I I think this conversation is going to change everything for you. I think this conversation is going to make you make a lot of people feel differently about everything, Nene. I think this conversation is going to be the one. I think you're now going to have a podcast Mm -hmm. because of me. It was a tough conversation to hear. I feel I like Nene on this podcast. I felt for her. Um, I just don't think that they had a a aligned message together. Like I don't oh if Tom Sandoval can have a podcast that's so true Jenny. Um I don't think they were aligned which didn't do anyone any favors. Like Bethany had an agenda and Nini had an agenda and they were not on the same agenda. Except the only thing was Andy sucks. And that is not the goal here cuz then now it just feels very um I don't know it feels very high school. What did you guys think? Did you listen? Oh my God. I can't believe I gave you an hour long episode and now I have to record Patreon number two about Rachel Hollis, but I do it for you guys. I do it for the dosers. I hope that you interest are interested in, um, in all of these topics. And if you're not, let me know, but be nice about it. And if you are, let me know so that I can continue to give you guys all the fun stuff. Join the Facebook group, follow me on Instagram and TikTok at This Is Donna Bowling. Happy Friday, Shabbat Shalom. You know, I'll be pouring a glass of wine out for my Shabbat Shalom later. And um, I appreciate you guys. Really, I appreciate all of you over on TikTok, et cetera, who are here supporting me and joining the party every single day. I have so much fun doing what I do. I'm so grateful for all of you guys. Thank you so much, dosers. Have a great weekend.